We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com. Click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are uh, getting through our off-season schedule. Just hit 200 episodes a few weeks ago. We were looking for people to drop five-star reviews during that time. Uh, the winners have been in touch. So once again, thank you to everyone who has dropped a five-star review. This is my way of working in a plug for five-star reviews to the start of the show. Uh, if you haven't done one yet, if you're a long-time listener, first-time listener, head on over to your favorite podcast app, drop us a five-star review when you're listening to the show. You don't even have to turn off the show. You can do it while listening. So uh, it does help us out here a lot as we continue to grow Road of His Overtime and the Road of His Radio Podcast Network. So thank you very much for that. So my shameless plug out of the way, Sean, there we're going to be talking a little bit about the Road of His Triflex Leagues with the FFPC today, a new format. We have talked about it on some shows so far. You've done a recent draft or an ongoing draft with Blair Andrews. So we're going to talk through some of 
of the strategy, some of the ADP and, and some things like that. And the, the part I think the listeners really love to listen into is talking about some of the trades that you have done in these specific leagues. So we'll be talking about those, get some of your thought process on it, and also have some listener questions that we did tease on Tuesday's podcast, some uh, interesting ones. And I, I always like when the questions come in that are, and I'll, I'll thank you to all our listeners. They, they tend to be quite unique. So uh, looking forward to these ones later on in the show. But another uh, action-packed show, Sean, coming here uh, for the listeners. It, it is. And we've moved from the rookie drafts, a lot of rookie drafts still in motion. I'm having a lot of fun with those. I have two or three that I'm in. Currently, I've got some rookie auctions that start today. And so we have a ton of rookie draft content. But we're also moving into that phase where all of those rookie drafts that happened on the first weekend are starting to wind down. And now it's time to get back into dynasty startup drafts and listeners to the show know about the new great format that we have with the FFPC. It's called the Rotoviz Triflex dynasty league. It's a super flex format, but there's an extra wide receiver in the starting position. You've got a couple of extra flexes in addition to the super flex. And so these leagues allow you to play a lot of different strategies to start your team up to win with it's got a fairly deep starting line i'm not super deep but kind of in the middle there to where you got to have a strong overall team it can't be just one or two guys i've had an absolute blast at this we've covered the draft that monty fawn and i put together he's finished his full article on that his draft diary covers all 20 rounds discusses what we did the players we were going after the trades that we made and now that the NFL draft has occurred, because this was kind of one of the last drafts that happened pre-NFL draft, he's discussed a little bit what we might do differently and especially how some of these uh, last rounds would work now that we have the NFL draft information. So you can get that from Monty. Colin Blair and I started up a draft this weekend and it, it's been absolutely bizarre. And I say that in the very best way. <laughs> I, I've met some uh, ot listeners in the league you know when you're playing against people who listen to you on the show that they're going to have some insight to some of the things that you do might be able to uh, slide in there and grab the guy that you want know uh, how you trade and might be able to take advantage of you in some trades that kind of thing is, is always fun i think uh, but also in this draft blair and i have made some uh, just crazy trades we'll go through that a little bit and listeners can uh, maybe if, if Colin puts up some polls, they can vote on like what the worst trade was that we made, uh, if they would have preferred the guy that we could have had or the player that we could have had next or the player that we could have had next. So one of the things that we're going to do here is I'm going to discuss these trades within the context of the players who were available because I know that just talking about like round this for round that, you know, that's not as much fun as knowing kind of who the guys were. Who could you have taken? Who did you pass up? What did you move down for? Uh, just to kind of set the stage column, the ADP post NFL draft, there are enough leagues that have been drafted now. You can go into the site, you can pull the Dynasty ADP tool, you can set the time frame for post NFL draft, and you can see what people are doing now. So if you want to see how people have adjusted to the draft, you can find that information out. In our particular draft, we again had this scenario where in the first eight picks, Seven QBs went off the board. Christian McCaffrey, the only exception. He was the 102. That's a little bit earlier than the 104, which he normally goes at. But, you know, not a big surprise. You can make a, a case for McCaffrey you know, right from the beginning in any dynasty startup. We had the 107 
That's the range in which Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow, those are kind of the guys who are going to be available. One of the things about having the 107 is that Prescott or Herbert, one of the two of them, are going to be there. Those are kind of the last guys with a lot of value. You can trade out of that spot. That's what we decided to do. And I don't know that we got kind of the crazy value that you get in some of these situations. One of the reasons why I've sort of pivoted from trading in and trading up is just how expensive it is. And so many of these startups at this point, you can get a lot of value by moving down. We traded the 107 for the 204. In return, we were able to move our round eight pick up to a round five pick and we got a future round three. So we end up passing on Prescott. The guys who were there at 204 in the second round, Dalvin Cook and Russell Wilson, that's about Wilson's ADP. It's below ADP for Cook. One of the reasons I think to consider trading down, and you have to realize that there are going to be some risks with it, but someone you might not have thought was going to be available, sometimes those guys slide. And then you have the option or the opportunity to hit them a little bit later than ADP. Cook going at the end of the first round. When you're talking about these small differences early on those are really magnified so even if it's a four or five pick slide when you're talking about the values that you see in some of these startups when people trade from the 101 to the 107 or from the 107 like we did down to the 204 you do get decent value back so when someone like cook slides to the 204 then there's some value there what are your thoughts on this i know that you like to get that stud qb i know that you like dak prescott would you have felt comfortable moving down for what we got back here? I think, um, you know, the more of these drafts we're seeing, and you mentioned they're getting the value, sometimes you can get in the first round. I think, the, the, like, I think I'm not going to, it's hard to not use the word silly, but it's not a good strategy to not listen to those offers. And you can really supercharge those teams as we. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Showing um, and and the podcast basically over the entire history of the the road of his OT podcast, but it can be difficult to pass over. But as you mentioned, the value that you can get at those particular points uh, in that first round, like a, somebody dropping from the end of the first round to the mid second round and startup, is going to be the equivalent like of somebody dropping maybe from the sixth round to the eighth round. I think a little bit later, that might be a little bit too cut and dry of an explanation, but the value gap that you can have there. Um, is so strong and if you look down at the players 
that are going after that, I think it, it's a really smart decision to move down. Um, I, I would be right on board with, with that move. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. So we moved down to the 204, and Cook is there. We're excited about Cook. Uh, He's someone who maybe only gives you maybe one more year of big production, but he's someone who is in the conversation to be the 101 in one QB redraft league. So it's Cook, it's probably McCaffrey, but those are the guys kind of in the mix there. One thing that you can do, especially if you're moving down and you're going to have some future value, is you can play for this year right? It's not very trendy. It's not very stylish. It's not something that a lot of people necessarily like to talk about, but you can play to win the initial season. You will get your money back that way and you can play more or less for free for a while if you do that. So I think Cook is an interesting option. What we did instead, we traded the 204 for the 305 and got back around 10. Now in this particular format, you can have more than the 20 players uh, from the startup until the cut down again later in the season. So if you have extra picks, you can kind of stash some guys and, and see how things will pan out. The round 10 area, just to give a little bit of context, that has players like um, a Melvin Gordon, a Jameis Winston, a Tyler Boyd, uh, Rojo for for all of the Ronald Jones fans, a Will Fuller, a Mike Gesicki. So not exactly your huge impact player, but people like a Tony Pollard, who Curtis is, is often talking about uh, being someone to try and get. So it, it's not nothing either. Now, again, I don't know that the value here is fantastic. As we were kind of making this trade, we got another offer uh, for quite a bit more. So you, you, know, you always have kind of that regret when when you blew it in terms of, of how you work this out. Not even necessarily blowing it, because I, I like the value here okay. But you, know, you want to maximize what you get for these trades. Moving from the 204 to the 305... Is, is a pretty big move. And even though I would feel uncomfortable paying it, we do see people pay a future first round pick for this kind of move from early two to mid three. And is a round 10 pick you know, worth a future first? It's probably not. When you're talking about the future first rep values, I've seen people trade anywhere from a fifth round pick to a ninth round pick for that future first. So just kind of depending on circumstances, that's a, that's a pretty big range, right? Because a, a fifth rounder is worth a lot more than a ninth rounder in terms of the players who were there. People kind of disagree on, on what that pick would be if it's just a pick in a vacuum. But we didn't get a huge value for this. However, the players available at 305, Travis Kelsey, Derrick Henry, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Hurts. So you lose a cook, but maybe you get one of those guys back. Now, I again mentioned this idea of you can't count on it, but maybe somebody will fall, right? And in this particular instance, Kelsey is a guy with a mid-second round ADP, fell into the mid-third round. You can understand that in Dynasty. Kelsey's going to be one of those controversial players because when you're in a Dynasty startup taking a guy in his 30s in the second round, that that's hard, right? At the same time, maybe he's the most valuable player in all of fantasy football for 2021. Again, you win the startup, or I mean, you win the, the opening year, you play for free for a while. So... Kelsey, a guy who'd go in a pretty big range there. 
Uh, Colin, how do you feel about this particular trade? I think they're getting interesting at this point because, you know, we've, we've traded down here looking at it a, a number of times um, and we're getting that value a little bit later in the draft, but we're missing out on those top range picks. What's interesting is, though, like if you look at the guys in terms of ADP that are going in that second round range and that third round range, if you have not gone for a quarterback in that first round and if you're not going for one of the three quarterbacks that have gone in the second round so you've justin fields trey lance and russell wilson you are into a range where you have a couple of really young elite wide receivers and then you have the veteran wide receivers so you have you know if we're going we have justin jefferson uh cd lamb jamar chase and then we're into dk metcalf aj brown but then the other wide receivers are going to be tyreek hill stefan diggs deandre hopkins and Devonte adams and then if we look then at the wide or the running back sorry we're getting into you know cam Akers, jk dobbins derrick henry uh, Najee Harris and Nick Chubb so players who and I, I'm sure some of this was your thought process Sean there's players in there that based on their age profile unless you're going for one of those really elite young wide receivers we're probably sliding past and then we have the running backs who maybe we're not targeting in this range anyway uh, you've mentioned the age as well for the Kelsey side of things so I think and I don't know if this is part of your strategy, is the players that are going in this range, we're quite happy to pick up that extra value and slide back because there is going to be guys from round four through round 10, basically, that are guys that are going to be on our radar to, to stock up on those picks. That would be my thought process in this, unless those players that we were really going all in on. Um, is that there, the thought process that you and Blair had in terms of getting that extra value in that kind of four through 10 range to, to really load up then on? on those players that you like it is because there are going to be some players we're many rounds ahead of adp on in terms of where we value them if we can stock up on them if we have a guy who's an eighth round pick but we haven't valued in the fifth round then to us there's this element of okay you got an extra guy there and maybe you're wrong but even if you're wrong and all you're getting is an extra eighth round pick that still has value to you on the flip side of it, we talked about how when you move down, maybe you'll be in this fortunate situation where guys fall to you. It's also very possible that people will go earlier who you were sort of targeting. <laughs> One of the reasons to move down into the third round for us was that Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb both have ADPs in the mid-third round. Those are really guys where if we move down and get them, then we're just as happy to have them and have the extra value as if we had just made a pick in round two. Now, that doesn't mean that they actually last that long. And so in our draft here, those players went at the 211 and the 212. And suddenly now we're sitting on these third round picks that don't have the targets left. Now, that's not to say that we don't like the guys because Stefan Diggs is in that third round. He lasted to our picks. We love him. We have him rated extremely high. Even if he's getting a little bit older, he's someone who could come back and have even a bigger season this coming season. Now that he's had a year with Josh Allen, I mean, Diggs could really blow the top off of fantasy leagues in 2021. He's not going to be someone you're disappointed to get. But with a couple of the guys that we were looking at gone, we made another pick here at the 206. So that happened a little bit later. We had another trade in here where we go 206 for the 303. So we move down there and we pick up, we move one of our picks from the fifth round to the fourth round, another one from the 12th round to the eighth round. And we get an extra round 10 pick in the 206 cook and wilson are still available at the 303 players who are available george kittle Najee harris now harris isn't actually a target of ours but he is someone again where i think that 
there is a very strong scenario in which even if you're not a Harris fan, that you can benefit from this. You can draft him. He's a win right now rookie, which win right now rookies are hugely valuable because you get the points and you can still then trade them after that rookie season where the points that they've scored uh, are the number one thing that people focus on. They think, okay, well, this guy made an impact right away. You look at Josh Jacobs and how he fared after the first season and how that was a, a complete trap. Now, is Harris more talented than Jacobs? Probably. But when they were playing together, the team really preferred Jacobs in, in some of these key situations. We know Harris has emerged since then, but he emerged as an older player playing against younger guys. We know that's a red flag. Regardless, Harris is someone that you can draft, play right away, flip, maybe make a big profit on. So come on, we look at Cook and Wilson at the 206. We look at Kittle and Harris at the 303. I'm not sure that's a bad constellation prize to move down, especially if you're willing to pass on the QBs. But you've kind of covered your feelings about that one. Let's look at this big fourth round pick uh, trade that we then did make where we have the 303, we have the 305, we've got those because of other trades that we've already made. And now Lamb and Chase are gone. What do we do? Well, we could pick guys that we still really like there because there are good players available in that range, or we could look down to move down again. What we ended up doing here, we traded both of these picks in a package for a round six, a round seven, two round eights, and a future round one. We also gave up picks in the 13th and 14th round. That's not nothing there there are guys in the 13th and 14th round who do have some value to you so you don't want to say okay well you got four for two it's not four for two it's four for four you just got them in a slightly different spot the round six round seven round eight range is maybe not quite as exciting as that round five range there's there's a fall off after round five so this is a significant thing to give up even getting the future round one back i think this trade is a wash uh, maybe not something we should have done with the other trades that we already had made. What are your thoughts on this one here? This trade's pretty fair. You mentioned it being a wash. I think it's pretty fair across the board. You're, you know, we often talk on the show about bringing that future value into the current year, and in this here situation, it feels a little bit like we, we could still get those players in that you know six seventh round range, but. The future force is what we're really getting here, I think, and that there's giving up those players, uh, those two players in the third round. So I would be tempted to stay on the side of the 303 and the 305, but I can understand where you'd make that. And again, like we've seen from drafts that we've talked to previously, there's a chance that that round one pick gets used at some other point in the draft to move forward again. But I would probably have gone with the value that's in that 303 and 305 combined. I, I can definitely see that. And I, I think that as the draft progresses, we don't know yet who will be there in round six, who will be there in round seven. We don't know who those two round eights are going to be. One of the reasons to do this in a super flex where we've gotten into round three and we don't have a QB is this gives us a little bit more flexibility in terms of targeting our quarterbacks because we're starting to stockpile picks in this round four to round 10 range. Now we don't have to go as long between picks. So if something starts to happen to us where maybe a quarterback or two goes, we can also hit the quarterback without getting completely caught out. Now you're going to get guys who are maybe more short-term options or have lower ceilings or even have concerns about if they're going to be able to hold their starting job through the year. So when you're talking about using single round picks on players who may not hold their jobs, that's uncomfortable too. So it's not a, a clear thing of, okay, well, you can just load up on QBs. 
because you can load up on bad QBs and you're right back to having none very quickly, right? That's one of the reasons why those top eight picks have seven star quarterbacks go. That gives you this great foundation for the future. So there, there are strengths and weaknesses of, of that type of move. And then column, the last trade here with the 307, which we were really targeting some guys. Diggs made it all the way to 307. We really wanted him. Uh, we had an offer, I think, from a, a, an OT listener to move from 308 to 307 to take Diggs because I think that he also knew that's kind of where we were going. We end up moving this pick for the 503 and the 507. Hard to kind of turn down, taking two picks. Kind of like I, I mentioned, I think that this round five range is a range that if you can load up in that vicinity, then there are going to be some interesting guys there. You have someone like a Zach Wilson who is drafted number two overall, is going far below Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Now, there are reasons why. I mean, his fantasy profile isn't nearly as good. Most Fantasy players are much more skeptical about just his overall talent level than about those other two guys. So we have situations where, I mean, that makes sense, but you're also getting a little bit of a discount on him. Other guys in rounds five who are interesting. We felt like we had to take that one. And so now our final situation here is that we're going to make zero picks in the first three rounds. That difficult to stomach. You look at the other teams. Almost everybody everybody has at least two picks right now where we are toward the end of round three. A lot of teams have four picks. You look at those four picks, you're looking at that compared to your roster, you're thinking, well, you know, really how long is it now that we're looking at not being competitive, right? Well, we're going to have 16 picks between rounds four and round 10. So by the time that a lot of teams have their 10 starters filled out, we're going to have 16 guys. Now, again, ceiling matters a lot. You need to have impact players in a super flex. You need to have impact QBs. So if you don't have impact QBs, you don't have impact running backs, you know, how much can you offset that with depth? You know, only to a certain amount, right? However, with 16 picks, it's the same thing as more trading down in our rookie drafts. We have a lot more shots at it. We have a lot better chance to hit sleepers like a Justin Jefferson. We have the opportunity to build depth so that our team is stronger during the bye weeks. We haven't acquired a ton of rookie picks, but when you have 16 picks in the first 10 rounds and you also now are going to have two first round picks next year, you're going to have two third round picks next year. You have the potential now maybe to do some other things too. You've got flexibility to maybe pick up another first round pick. Uh, if you get stuck and you have so many picks and you don't want to make some of them. Now your opponents know that maybe you're in that situation. So, you know, they're going to have some leverage in bargaining with you, but I like this, even if it doesn't work, I think that's fun to have kind of gone through this process and gotten these picks. And one of the things that I like is just it's fun to pick, right? So if you have 16 picks in the first 10 rounds, you get to participate six more times than you were set up to originally. So I think that part of it is fun. Uh, give me sort of your postmortem on what we've done so far. Uh, is it a disaster to have made no picks in the first three rounds? No, I, I definitely don't think it's a disaster. And I think with like for the listeners listening, and I would imagine when we look at this in one of the next upcoming shows when we're through round 10, uh, I would imagine that a lot of people will be on board with the process. Um, I, I think it, overall, the only trade that it, I would have been a little bit more skeptical on was the fourth trade, um, which involved that future first round. But 
you know, for the listeners for full disclosure, the fourth trade was for the 303 and the 305. You also had the 307, which then in turn you traded again. But when you're at 303, if there is a couple of players in there that you like, you mentioned the 307, you were targeting Diggs, Hertz, or Antonio Gibson. That meant that at the 303 point, there's a good chance that one of those guys is going to fall down to a 307, and then you still could make that decision to trade the 307. So when you have those three picks close together, it does make you know, it easier to, to make that move and, and to trade those away and then pick up that future force, pick up the round six, round seven and the two round eights uh, to help boost it. I really like the, the fifth trade that give you the two fifth round picks um, and I think we're going to see a lot of good talent end up on this team um, throughout that because you do need that high-end talent that you mentioned but you also need to have a real strong core. You need to be able to have a lineup that you can submit every week and in this particular format there's a, a huge amount of talented players still left on the board that are going to go off the off the board in the next kind of four to five rounds so uh, looking forward to checking back in on this when we do get to that point uh, over the coming weeks Sean, when we jump into the listener questions the first one i think we'll highlight is one of the winners last week you did uh point out about the assistant pig keeper uh, so when the winner uh, who was ben vincent reached out to say um that he had won the prize i had to go back and ask him about the story behind the name and he said that you were absolutely spot on um, in terms of the uh, backstory to it and how it all worked out he also mentioned that he thinks that jk rowling uh, has ripped off no no part of uh, harry potter from him so um i just had to had to give you the latest update it's fun to see this and he mentioned that the author lloyd alexander served a portion of his duty during world war ii in wales and was inspired by welsh welsh mythology and the series was a big deal back in the 60s but kind of fell into obscurity uh before disney brought it out a little bit um it's neat to hear a story like this lloyd alexander was really the first author that i read uh just obsessively and and read all of his stuff it it, not in the 60s of course but, <laughs> but, but later on uh when a lot of these books still fantastic uh he has passed away he's, he's no longer still alive but sort of the person who uh inspired me to want to become a writer want to become a novelist uh, people who've lived for the sh- uh, who've listened to the show for a long time know that that's still kind of the other thing that i do is, is work on uh, some writing there along with the fantasy work and so uh, yeah it's, it's always fun to run across some stories like this where someone else is as big a fan and you know has had somebody be meaningful to their life like lloyd alexander was for me colin we also have a question from jeff davidson who has talked about uh working on wall street talking with some of the guys there asking if the people who are high profile and have been successful their information their viewpoints are then adopted into become a key part of the culture of that environment do they become victims of their own success and uh, here asking if the market is reflecting the information that we put out is it true that at some point the content becomes less valuable to the subscribers because the information has become a little bit more widespread now one of the kind of funny things here is that we have people all the time message us saying that they've become road subscribers they love it they listen to the show they don't want to tell other people about it because <laughs> they don't want them to get that information and 
Yeah, it's kind of like when we have listeners to the show who are playing in leagues with me, and I'm like, well, could you also give me all of your inside information so we're <laughs> we're on the same playing field? No, it, it's great to to have people playing in the leagues, listening to the shows, and I think that benefits them. There can be some situations where people will get some of this information, but and we understand why you wouldn't want your best friend who would like the whole point of your fantasy experience is to beat them in the league that you don't want them to know about Rotoviz. Big picture, I don't really think this is a problem. It's uh, it's always interesting to follow year to year how this works. I think that Rotoviz is still kind of the key site that has that value for people. Now, I say that as just a hopelessly biased person, right? <laughs> I love Rotoviz. I work for Rotoviz. I want you to buy subscriptions. But the point here is that zero running back has become very widespread in terms of being referenced in terms of people understanding some things about it and yet most of the insights are actually not used in the broader fantasy industry i I had an opportunity this week i think it's going to come out on nbc in a couple of days uh denny carter who a friend of the show a friend of the site one of the really great guys in the industry reached out to me talking about some things with your running back, with robust running back, with some different ways to approach fantasy football. Wanted to get some of my thoughts on it. And one of the things that he mentioned was, it's like, do you find that it's hard to get people to, uh, to, to take you seriously or to even kind of listen when you're presenting zero running back? You know, maybe we need a PR firm to really get out there and push it. And I thought that was funny one of the things about it is that we have all kinds of great guys out there who are, you know, pushing zero running back all the time. I don't want to go into all of them and, and miss some of the, the key people, but there are a lot of friends of the site out there in the community. And that, that makes me feel really good at the same time. I, I don't think that it has a ton of impact on how people are drafting. One of the, the best articles last year, Jack Miller wrote an article for us talking about how, even with 2019 having some things that were very good for a zero running back and some things that were actually a little bit anomalous that maybe made zero running back look not as good, that the way people were playing in 2020 was so skewed in the direction of running backs being drafted early that it was going to be almost impossible for a zero running back to not be successful in 2020. And then, you know, you look at what happened. Blair and I had the zero RB team where we didn't take a, a running back in the first 10 rounds. It won its FFPC league. It finished 31st overall out of the thousands of teams doing that. Almost all the teams ahead of us were Alvin Kamara teams, which again, you're like, well, you should have drafted Alvin Kamara. You know, we had the 12th pick. Alvin Kamara wasn't, wasn't an option for us in that, in that situation. You go in, you pull up the roster construction explorer, you go to best ball tens and you can see that if you waited until at least the seventh round to draft a running back, you want it more than 13% clip. So, I mean, that's crazy, right? And those are not numbers that you should be able to get just from doing something fairly simple with your structure. And so it's, it's great, I think, because zero running back gets a lot of attention. That's great for us. And yet people still basically don't do it, which is also great for us. And so in this particular instance, uh, I think things are, are working both directions in our favor. You know, there are p- people out there who do move ADP. 
we have, you know, friend to the the site like Evan Silva, one of the great guys in the community and one of the biggest guys in the community. Uh, when he says things, it can move things. We had Mike Clay on the show last year just before the season because his projections for ESPN have a very big impact on how players are valued. He did a great sh- job on the show. It was one of our most listened to shows. We appreciate him coming on. You know, he's going to move ADP. You have the guys, I mentioned, I just mentioned Denny, you have the guys at NBC, the news feed that they have. Uh, John Daigle worked with you on the NFL draft series before the draft. Another one of the great guys that we really like. Those are some of the things that will move ADP. Last year at one point, uh, Curtis Patrick and Scott Barrett were both very high on Marquise Brown. That didn't work out, but the evidence they gave for that made a lot of sense when you have people like Curtis and Scott. Scott came on the show last year, again, did a fantastic job. We're going to have him on again sometime soon. You know, they'll move ADP when you have two names like that at the same time pushing someone. But generally speaking, we have such a, a vast and diverse community at this point. So many intelligent voices, so much great information out there that Big picture, I think everybody is contributing in small ways, and you really are getting a little bit more of a wisdom of crowds type of effect than maybe you would have, you know, even two or three years ago, definitely five years ago, where if you have a big voice say something in the direction of a player, you're going to have a cascade effect. You're going to have sort of everything moving in that direction and maybe not have other voices represented. So with that being the case, I think that the market is reflecting the overall information that people have our specific Rotoviz insights will still help you beat ADP. Our structural takes on how to approach your leagues are going to help you adopt the right strategy for that particular league. So you're going to have player-specific insights. You're going to have structure-specific uh, insights. You know, format-specific. I think all of those things are still very big areas in which people are actually going in the other direction from a lot of the stuff that we do on the site and on the show. And so again, and we're biased in terms of thinking that the, <laughs> our stuff is good, but I think there are some very clear ways in which you can benefit from it if we're right. Yeah, no, I would agree with everything you said there. I couldn't like, there's no, I'm not even going to try and put it uh, any better than that. But the one thing I would say that, you know, when we talk about zero RB, you know, I know Sean has uh, taken a vacation from Twitter. Maybe one day we'll get him back there, but in terms of like, if you tweet it, something to do with zero RB or uh, you know anything like that, there you're going to get more pushback against it. So that shows straight away that there's more people that aren't doing that. There's more people that are still staying the way they are. And I think like while people come to the road of his site and come to the podcast, listen to the stuff, there is still like a huge, huge, huge amount of people who aren't adopting to the processes. So there's still going to be the advantage. I think the biggest disadvantage, I think, going back to the question is. When, like you mentioned, you're drafting in a league when people you know are using Rotoviz, using the Rotoviz tools, that's going to make it more tricky for you than if you're just in uh, the fantasy community in general or you're playing against people who aren't subscribers to the website, for example. So I think uh, there sometimes like playing in listener leagues are, it can get quite tricky. But even across the community, people who have big voices, like you mentioned, there's a lot of those guys who 
still will go for those running backs in those early rounds and that's going to push people who are listening to their shows following their sites in that direction as well so I think the value is still going to be there but it's a, it's a very interesting question quite a unique question so thanks to Jeff for sending that one in uh, Jono sends us a question too more based around his team he says it's an interesting one for us uh, in his squad that he did share a question on a recent show he said he's short at running back um, he trade uh, his the trade is Zach Wilson in a 2020 first for deandre swift so it's a, a two quarterback league 0.5 points per reception 0.25 points per carry um so going and uh giving up wilson and the future first for deandre swift uh, what's your thoughts here sean on this particularly in super flex i think i'd be holding firm on the quarterback and the first um for the value yeah, this is a this is a hard one. I was looking at this one, trying to decide which direction I really would want to go with it. It's a format where the the half point per reception, the quarter point per carry, those types of things are going to move the discussion maybe a little bit from what we're used to in terms of how to value the running back. One of the things that I think here is that I do like this move in terms of trying to win. In 2021, we can occasionally get caught up so much in terms of looking at the future, looking at the big picture, that we pass up some opportunities to win now. Anytime that you can win, that immediately puts you in a better situation for being able to, you know, afford all your dues and all the things like that. And you're a champion, right? You can't buy glory. You, you want to win when you have a chance to win. So I, I like it from that perspective. It is one of those things where I always kind of go back and when you're making a push, sort of the worst trades that I have really made in the last 10 years, almost all of them occurred in my kitchen sink five league last year where I was the defending champion had guys like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley go down with injury and still wanted to try and defend that. And, you know, made a bunch of trades where I moved Najee Harris, moved Barkley, you know, got some very good players back, but players who, you know, can lose value quickly. Players like an Ezekiel Elliott, players like a James Robinson, even some of the trades at the time where I had other people in the league uh, reaching out to me and saying that, you know, they were jealous, they were upset because the trade helped me make the push. Um, those trades still look bad, right? Six months later. And and that's something that, that happens to us so often is that six months later, the trade isn't going to look good and you're not always going to win, Right. I, I put together a decent team, but I definitely did not win. So it was all for naught in terms of trying to defend that championship and the team is weaker. Now, this has been a, a bizarre team where I probably have made like my, my five worst trades in all of fantasy football in the league, but maybe also like my six or seven best trades in all of fantasy football. So you go back and you look at it and you're like, well, I have this amazing team. If only I hadn't traded Aaron Jones for nothing you know, back in the day, look how good it would be. Or I really wish I still had Saquon Barkley now, as opposed to an aging Ezekiel Elliott. And you forget that with Ezekiel Elliott, there were some other players who are also still on the team that are going to be good. It's easy to look at only the good or only the bad in some of these situations. Going back to the question here, we have Zach Wilson in a 2022 first. One of the things about moving those things is it really is going to decrease your options right it's going to narrow the pathways you have to victory it's going to decrease the number of scenarios you have in which you do win both now and in the future and so you know i probably would stick with the qb in a two qb league i probably would stick with the future first you know when you get to that draft next year you're going to 
really wish that you had it. At the same time, if, if, if this trade goes through, I think that there are some real options for that to be a league winning kind of move in the short term. And that's what we're here for. We want to win these leagues. And of course, uh, we have touched on a, a number of different things today. Sean, uh, there is no article up just yet, but I'm sure um, there might be something for the listeners if they head on over and check on the Rotoviz website in terms of uh, the draft with Blair, if you, if you do go into that process. But if you don't, there is a lot of great content up there. We talked about it in that listener question, the tools that are up there to help you win your leagues this season uh, and beyond, I guess, if you're looking at it from a dynasty perspective. Of course, you can get yourself a 10% discount to Rotoviz Pass. All you have to do is go to to check out add the code rb radio 2021 that will save you 10 percent. you can get more information on that offer at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast that's going to do it for today's edition of the show if you haven't checked out tuesday's show yet head back over and look have a listen uh, we did talk through uh, some of the previous kind of five to six years of drafts in terms of where those guys would go if we redrafted those rookie drafts at this moment in time please do head on over if you haven't already drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and uh we do, as always, appreciate that greatly. If you have any listener questions you would like to see included on next Thursday's show, send them my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, or you can send them via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. My co-host on the show today, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's great work up on the Rotoviz website. And until we're back with another edition of the podcast next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.